Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right. You are rolling with Jason and John, 929 FM ESPN. Hope everybody's feeling good uh, on this hump day, October 18th. We've got a lot to break down, including a nice long piece and a nice long reset of where things stand with Ja Morant. Uh, heading into the regular season, which, of course, for the Grizz begins next Wednesday. Got to finish up preseason first. They'll do that Friday against the Bucks, and we'll go for real. We know Ja Morant will be gone the first 25 games. Uh, and ESPN's taking a deep dive into, you know, sort of what's occurred off the court for Ja Morant. We will certainly be talking about that. Uh, Michael Parsons is talking. Says, man, y'all always criticizing Dak Prescott, never getting on Jalen Hurts. Is he right? We'll talk about that. Michael's always talking because he's got a podcast now. You know, he talked about how personally offended he was by the Niners in that loss. And he'll continue to talk. Um, I suppose it's a pretty, it's a much listened to podcast, uh, John. Eagles yeah. have turned to an old option. Goodell's getting an extension. So a lot of NFL news, no question about it. Of course, we are closer, John, to the very big Battle of the Bones. Yes, yes. Also, uh, uh, Daryl Henderson back in the NFL. I, I saw that. See. I, I saw that. But is he going to get much of a chance? Looks like they yeah. did, They added two or three backs, didn't they, yeah. signed? Yeah. With Kyron Williams now out? Yeah. I was wondering where Daryl Henderson was, though. You know, Man, just waiting on the call, I guess, from the Rams again. I'm surprised yeah. he hadn't gotten a shot with another squad. I, I think he was with the Jags. Okay. He got traded to the Jags. I don't know if he ever, like, uh, got a snap. Then or... they got a practice squad dude from somebody, right? From somebody else's squad, I thought, or pulled off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if Daryl yeah. gets another opportunity. Royce Freeman, Miles Gaskin, Daryl yeah. Henderson. Gaskin was on somebody's practice squad, I think. Miles Gaskin. Gaskin? Carol Baskin. So, yes. I did manage to go out and get who, who's homeboy that's set up for one? Evans? Zach Evans. Yeah. But I managed, we'll, to, get, it will I managed be, to get him it, on the waiver wire. It'll be a committee, though, right? It'll be just. Oh, no, I hope not. Well, you need it. It's a big week in, this, in the in that league. A loser goes home. There's no doubt. Pretty about much, it. it's death week. You go to two and five, and yeah, I mean, uh, you're pretty much out of it. Uh, yeah, team league. I'm not seeing it. I'm in the same boat, by the way. So uh, fantasy been tough this year. Fantasy's tough. It's a tough thing. Tough life. Um, hey, Mark Giannis is going to join us at 11:25 Wednesday. Right. So we'll talk to him about uh, Memphis football. Talk to him about the Grizzlies, Tigers. Grizzlies. What What else? You know, that's the that's that's the three folks. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, with him at eleven twenty-five, then at uh, one twenty-five, uh, probably before that, honestly, it's it's getting to be earlier, which is good. Uh, Norton Heard the fourth is going to join us uh, in studio, and we'll get into uh, this job and rant story that we're going to discuss here momentarily. Um, commitments, college basketball, all of that. Maybe see if there's anything new on Trey Richmond, uh, all of that, and more with Heard at one twenty-five. So that's the show today. Uh, there was a a piece up at ESPN about John Moran. And, you know, I I said this with Je- with Jeff, and and I'll just repeat it. Uh, you have to sort of remind yourself that, you know, they're not writing for you at ESPN. This is not a this is not a a, a, a piece that is targeted for or, or to Grizzlies fans because, quite frankly, there's nothing really new in it uh, that Grizzlies fans don't already know because of the local coverage and because of just uh, everything that we've. You know, already known for for years. Quite frankly, um, I guess there are some illuminating, anonymous quotes uh, that you know paint a picture, um, and then there are some some, I guess, new details about meetings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, in terms of the incidents themselves, yeah, yeah, we've been through many of those details, right? Like, there's 
there's not a a lot here that um you know again if you've been listening to the station for any amount of time you haven't already heard us talk about um again i and i understand like Baxter Holmes and Tim McMahon are not writing this for Memphis fans, for Grizzlies fans. They're writing it for a national NBA audience that probably is not as familiar, you know, and does not know all of the details, uh, you know, about about what's happened with John Morant uh, in the last 18 months. It's a tough one. I mean, I it is a tough piece. There's no doubt. I mean, it's the, the headline is that then the alligators got him inside John Morant's 18 month downfall. You know, that it's a it's a t- it's a tough piece. Uh I think it's fair. I don't. I don't think it's uh, you know tilted and oh, this is an anti-John Morant agenda. I mean, I think it just lays out everything that happened. And they talked to some people that had some thoughts, and those thoughts were not particularly kind to Ja for the most part. Um, but you know, look, this is when you are in these situations, right? And when you put yourself in these situations, that is what you get subjected to. You know, you get subjected to articles like this. You get subjected to anonymous people. You know, whether it's a, you know, a, a, a Memphis business person um, saying things like they were very humble and respectful people. They would never overstep their boundaries. The customers enjoyed them. It started like that. And then it obviously, you know, devolves from there. That's what you, um, you know, open yourself up to. So, I mean, the timing's a little odd, you know. I would say that, like, it's kind of out of nowhere because, you know, it's just random, really. But it doesn't really surprise me that they – they published it or that they decided to do it. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get a lot of clicks. Uh, a couple things. One is very clearly John Morant knew a story was coming because they'd reached out to his agent, Jim Tanner, mm-hmm. and gotten quotes from him about a couple of the incidents. One of them, the hotel room meeting and whether or not John was dismissive in attitude towards climbing and, and Taylor Jenkins. So but back to the point, John knew this was coming. Um, I'm with you that a lot of this is review for us, but but one of the things I do find interesting, and, and especially knowing the way we've watched Ja respond to some of these allegations, then incidents, and you know, starting off very defensive, you know, they, this thing goes through. Remember the the questions about an alcohol issue and how quickly he cut those off. You know, you I wonder with a story like this that he knew was coming, but still you get into it and then you read anonymous Memphis businessmen. Who who who? Ja and his father have apparently frequented at least one of this, you know, uh, man, woman, whatever, it, have frequented those businesses, and that person's getting into details that maybe hadn't been out there. Just in terms of how, uh, at least according to this businessman, th- the attitude changed. Oh, they're nice at first, and then they came in, and it's actually, man, they kind of kind of when they when they pull up, you 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 kind of cringe because now it's the entourage. It's not just his buddy, and they're getting into altercations about where they're going, where he's going to park, and. Uh, even an altercation where apparently with with some man's wife, right, right, and so so back to how how does Jaw receive? When you read that, even knowing it's coming, how are you feeling then? Are you back in defensive mode, or are we still in a mode of remember the you know the shirts they've been putting they've been putting out since September gratitude, you know sort of this reset. How is Jaw receiving this? I think is. Because is it is it going to be a job that's defensive and looks at this and says, well, this ain't just them talking about the meeting and whether or not I was defensive. They asked my agent about that, and we got in our two cents. They got business folks here in Memphis saying, you know, I've changed, and now I'm a problem. Is he going to say F Memphis the way that this is sort of phrased that, you know, in a way that Kleiman and, 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 and this thing Taylor Jenkins said, you're effing up. Mm-hmm. You know, is he gonna is he gonna turn this around and forget again? Take off the climbing and, and and Taylor Jenkins piece of this, but is he gonna turn this around and say, "Man, Memphis," in this instance, you know, is that gonna be reflective of how he feels in any way? Right back, they snitched on me or whatever else in terms of his, you know, I, because again, it's not we know Jock can get through this. Let's make that very clear. Jeff touched on it. Harrington touched on it. Just get out there and play and don't have these incidents again. You get past this. Mm-hmm. But but the feeling about Memphis and about being here, we've discussed this in terms of the Grizzlies, how soft they were in terms of the language about the they wouldn't even say the first one was a suspension. Remember? Yep. And That's and, true. and does how does that affect his at we we've been talking about whether or not Jaw's happy for a long time and how that franchise deals with when you get a superstar, because the story talks about it. When you get one, you get everything that comes with him. And so I think sort of how Jaw responds to it, is it still a guy after you read something like this that says, you know what? Yeah, this is fair. 
You know, they, they, they're entitled to that opinion of me, that business owner and everybody else, because I, I've, I've, I've put that out there for them to, to judge. And put, Is it fair, like you just said? Or is he going to look at this as an attack piece? Well, yeah, as we know, Jock can do because in some instances, so many times he's been thin-skinned and looked at as a media attack or 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 from someone else. And so it's it's sort of the response from Ja that I'm I'm most interested in. Uh, Sure, there were some details, and certainly what what that business owner was saying, I thought was you know interesting. That the fact that the fact that that person wasn't quoted, they they were given anonymity. You know, and and sort of, we didn't get a, a both sides of that story. I just thought that one a little bit. I, I cringed a little bit on that because they make it very clear this business. Man, I saw this coming, and I tried to tell him, and on on, and now we got a problem, and he's gonna regret this. It's just awfully one sided for for someone that goes, you know, unnamed. He didn't get much of the other side. That part just was a little. Ugh. Well, right. I, th- I think Jaws already sort of tipped his hand as to how he feels about the sh- uh, situation. Um, because he, you know, he tweeted, uh, he retweeted. Dion today and said, uh, Dion said, what, how do you see yourself? You've got to start seeing you the, you the way God sees you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are more than a conqueror. You are created to have dominion and you are blessed. Please understand all the positivity going on in your life and stop allowing the negativity to dominate your mind. You were God's masterpiece in the light of the world. Now act like it. And Josh said, right on time, Prime, much needed. So that's obviously, you know, how he feels uh, and I get it. Again, it's a it's a harsh piece. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, there's no way to, <laughs> you know, uh, dress that one up. It's a sort. I mean, it's like a, it's pointed. It's, you know, it probably is is something that as he's kind of going through his own process here, doesn't want to read and doesn't want to have to know is out there. So I know I, I I understand the the frustrations, but it's part of it. It's part of you know moving forward. It's part of getting you know. To put it behind you, you know, you're going to have points in the process like this. And, I mean, this really, unless you give people a reason to write something else, this should be the end of it. Again, it's not, it, I go back to how, how it's, not, it's not just job, but, but T as well, because this one thing this story does do is point the finger more in the direction of T, saying that he has not, you know, been more of a, of a reason for, for, for part of these issues than a solution to get to getting it all fixed. And again, if, if they see that as an attack on both of them, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm. If, if T's in his ear, right, and say, man, they're they coming after both of us, it's, you know, club owners, whatever else, but, but also they're, they're saying I'm the reason that we wilding out. You know, one, 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 one person said that, you know, T has been a major driving force in all of this. He'd never made the NBA, but this was his chance to live like he's an NBA superstar. There's been a problem from the beginning. Yep. Very clearly pointing the finger at T Moran and calling him the problem and a big reason why it's gotten to this point. It, again, if father and son both see this as, oh, man, yeah, you know, you could have an issue with that. If T is not in some way, you know, again, feeling, well, you know, we put ourselves out there. We were open to it. If, if, can you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, if you've yeah, got yeah. the both of them feeling that way, then again, could the mood change? Because that's the big thing. Forget, forget the tape. Jock can very quickly put all this behind him just being on the court. But the feelings toward the Grizzlies, the feelings towards Memphis, those could matter down the line, and especially if this team doesn't do what it's supposed to do, realize expectations on a court, if it's not vying for a championship. You know what I'm saying? Again, you've always had the concern about keeping a superstar in a small market. Do you have a John Morant that feels like, look, I put myself out there. I made these mistakes. Ultimately, they can, you know, uh, do I deserve it or not? Whatever. They can judge me because of that. Or, and, 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 and I can't do a thing about that. Or do you have a John Morant that's defensive, that feels, uh, 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 in a way, attacked? Right. You know, that, that's what's going to matter going forward, particularly with a story like this. Because yeah. again, but, uh, yeah, we've gone out of our way. Ooh, T told those kids some good things. Mm. Remember at the camp in New Orleans when he said, well, we kind of moved on from identifying what pro- – a lot of us said, Devontae Pack is, oh, man, his circle and everything else. This one clearly points the finger using quotes You know, at T. Moran as sort of an enabler in this. Yeah, I so, mean, I, so I, I think there's a, there's a lot of – How they respond is key, and hopefully they do it in a way that, you know – Yeah, I mean, you know, the Grizzlies – you know, the there, there was only – there, there were some – Mentions of team sources, you know, who knows who those people are, could be, I mean, that could be an equipment manager, I mean, that, who knows what that is, so it's not like the Grizzlies could have prevented this story from running, you know, I mean, and they got to make that clear to, to Josh Camp, 
this story would have been written with or without the cooperation of the Grizzlies. You know, I mean, this wasn't like the Grizzlies planted this story. They don't want anything. They don't want anything to do with this. Um, and I and I hope that people. I I assume that Jim Tanner and his his agency will be sharp enough to understand that. If Tim McMahon and Baxter Holmes are writing a story about John Morant, they're going to write it. You know, it ain't the Grizzlies can't say, "Hey, if you publish this, you know, I mean, you, you know how that's, you know, it's unfortunate." And and yeah, like, but he's but he's portrayed as dismissive in that meeting. Oh and yeah, if yeah, So yeah. John Morant looks at it and says, "Well, that's either coming from Kleiman or Taylor Jenkins or someone close to them that they mm. told." Mm. Again, he can look at that oh, sure. in terms of his view of the Grizzlies sure. and say, "Too much got out." Sure. You know what I'm saying? Again, oh, oh, uh, yeah. again I, I'm sure I'm that's going to be part of the equation. I, I, you know, John's got we. Uh, Here's the bottom line. We've said it from the get. Ja got to grow up and move right. different. That's yeah. that's the that's end. That's the, the way this gets yeah. this gets fixed. But we we know Ja now from the sense we know how he takes things. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've been we've been preaching this growth that he needs, you know, sort of internally and from a you know from an approach standpoint. But if he ain't there yet at what 20, 24 years old, whatever it is, you could we could be looking at again more issues. But back to the thing on the Grizzlies, dude. Again. You read that thing about that hotel room meeting. Sure, we'd assume there'd been meetings, John, but now it's it's written and it's portrayed as if he's dismissive in that meeting. Something that his agent clearly went against. We can all say, yeah, well, Ja was dismissive with the media, and and it seems about right. But that had not been that meeting had not been out there. So your point about you know Ja can't feel a certain kind of way toward the Grizzlies. Man, no one as thin skinned as Ja is when he sees that the climbing and right. Taylor Jenkins meeting is in there. If it's indeed facts. Of course he could take it the wrong and, and assume that one of them had talked or someone close to them had talked and take that as more of a, again, you guys are letting too much get out there. Um, you know, in the end, it all it all comes back to him, and we can sit here and preach how we hope it, yeah, exactly. oh, it should e- be easily done, but it's all, it's been all about feelings uh, uh, with John. A lot of it is, 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 is discussed in this story. You know, feeling attacked, feeling, you know, feeling uh, by both media and everybody, you know, everybody else. You know, we've seen it on social media back in the so again hopefully he responds in the in the in the in a productive way and doesn't take this as the way he's taken some things in the past yeah a hundred percent it's uh you know again for us it's like dude this is this is like august 2022 stuff you know what i mean like we we all get that um and, and, it, and it's a, i guess it's a refresher like you know you want to say the alligators got him whatever the hell that means it's it's it it is it goes back to what we talked about at the in the moment, bro, which is fame happened really fast for Ja and nobody was prepared for it and nobody knew how to handle it. And it's not he ain't the first person that's gonna be the case for. He ain't gonna be the last. Well, and it made the point it happened for T fast too. And hundred percent. The whole then they came from a small town in South Carolina. Like they weren't a family of, of professional athletes. They weren't a family of, 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 you know, celebrities. It would just be like it would be like basically you or me. It would be like our families. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's not that much different. Like, and it, it happened in the span of nine months. You go from uh, freshman year at Murray State, nobody knows you. Then you blow up on the scene as a sophomore. Then you become the number two big in the draft. Then yeah. you're the rookie of the year. Then you're the number two senior. But it would happen at light speed. And I'm not trying to like apologize for Ja here or justify his actions. But I, I on a human level, I can understand. On a human level, I can understand. That you're, well, you know, bro, socially, no. you're not exactly equipped, you know, as a as a normal human being to handle. I mean, I, I just think about myself in that scenario. You know, I would be a huge dick. <laughs> I mean, I just know I would. Like if it if that at, at nineteen twenty, if if I went from nothing to something like that, I, I you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me a damn thing. I don't care who it was, mom, dad, President Obama. Like, don't talk to me. First team, don't talk to me. All-star, don't talk to me. I'm on my PJ right now. I got the Casamigos. You know, don't talk to me right now. I got my boys on the – like, you know, you can't – I, I understand. Not trying to justify it. Well, just remember, too, how we, how we initially took that in on the trip to the, to the All-Star game, which is discussed at length here. Uh, with great great details, got the Grizz head of security and everything else and talking about babysitting the bottle and everything. But if you think about it, what we said then, and I, I remember coming in here with you, and we talked about how he's a grown man, and he should, he, you know, you can enjoy yourself and everything. I want, I want, I'll go as far as say it was almost applauded, you know, and 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 again, I go back to. You think about how Jaws receiving that when everybody said, "Man, go, man, have your party and everything else," and Memphis is sort of, at that point, praising it, 
you know, how easy it is to get the big head off that. Now, I'll go back to T. When you've, you know, this article at least quotes someone that says this is in part due to the fact that T didn't make it. So he's sort of living through his son right. in terms of some of the behavior. Right. And, and you just put yourself in Josh's shoes. I put myself in T's shoes. Yeah. For, for, you know, forget not making the league. As we know, T trained Josh from a child on up to make the league and not just make the league but to be a superstar. And so if I had done that, right, and my kid hadn't just made it, but, but now we're, we're taking over the league. Like, it's happening. We're getting calls from Nike and everybody else. This, I could understand, too, coming from where I came from, even as a father who wants to give my son the right advice, getting caught up in that yep. because I had the touch. We, we, got him to, we didn't just get him to the league with my training. We're, we're kicking the doors in, and we're going to make all the money. And so, again, I, I put myself in, in this case, T's shoes and can understand how it can get out of control. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're on the front and you're going back and forth with Shannon Sharp and, man, you got the Pacers thing, you know. So I, we can understand how it got here. What's important is the acknowledgement that we're here now. And instead of looking at things or stories like this that are a basic reset, and, John, you said it's harsh and it is bad optically, but it's, but it's fair. Um, yes. You know, looking at it as, okay, this can be part of my growth as opposed to more attacks on me. Now Memphis is snitching on me. The club owners, are, you know, that, that feels key to me for Jaws' well-being, contentment, and success here with the Grizzlies here in Memphis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Hopefully, so, it's, hopefully it's, you know, received in a, in a positive way. It's, it's, you know, I would just say this is the media. It's always been the media. It's always going to be the media. You just keep doing what you do. You just keep being you. Keep keep uh, you know on your on your road of you know rehabilitation and recovery, and we'll be ready for you in 25 games, big fella. That's all we got to worry about. ESPN gonna do what ESPN does, bro. There's so much. There's such an opportunity for him to do huge things for in this city for this city. Yes. Um, you just hope that it, it it gets to that point. Absolutely. Where it can happen. Yeah. Right. The difference maker. He can be in it and for it. Absolutely. That he get that it gets to a point where that can happen. Oh, that's the. That's, that, to be again, honest, we can talk the, about titles and hope he's here for that and can yeah. lead you to one. But that dude, this dude has the power to do a lot of good. Yes. For the city, I don't want to lay that in his lap. We, you and I have discussed that before. Yeah. You got to grow into that and want to be that and want to do that. Absolutely. But if he does, yeah. You know, all the kids that you can touch, all the lives and the, cha- the dude, t- change he, that he, can be he made. Could, he could be right? like, and, that, and that's why that's why even through all this, still pulling for him. But I'll be honest with you, for the first time. You know, ever in my at least in my group. Yep. You know, I had a had a buddy with T Shane, my buddy, you know him very well, discussing whether or not you should move on from him, whether you should trade him at a point like well, that. T-Shane never even to, thought never even had to and, and I'm and that's why I told he him just I said, needs to relax No, bro. Bit. I said but, that, but this can get by but but that thought because again, just with the consideration that well, does he ever change? Right. Does he ever grow out of that? No, I, I I'm pulling. I want him to do do it all for Memphis and and and, and be great in Memphis for yourself for this organization, and for the city. That's the point that I hope we get to. Uh, and we're going to find out a lot, I suppose, yeah. in the next year. You know, Dude, Ja could be like the uh, next Mr. Chuck, bro, in Memphis, is in terms of his impact on kids, right? Like he could just be the next, hello, Mr. J- Chuck. You know how D-Rose does the chess thing now? Some yeah, people yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know... Jock. Getting kids into chess that never would have done. You know what I'm saying? Ja could be like, like a... He could read like children's books. He could like go to, from school to school. Like read across Memphis type of stuff, type of time. Yeah, I don't want to lose him, man. Like, like, like New Orleans lost AD. Don't want to see the kid fall out of love with That's the right. city he's in. All of a sudden say, you know what, I want, I, want, I want something else. I want big market. Yeah. I want it all to happen here. Yeah, well, this is a big market. It's a big market. Like, move on somewhere. Hey, you, sh- you want to play. Shout out to Mr. Chuck. Mr. Chuck was big for a lot of kids. For a lot of kids. He was, he was, he was, he was a goat. Yeah, not more your generation. Yeah, definitely more for my generation for sure. Uh, but you know, he could be the next generation, Mr. Chuck Jock Ham for for kids of Memphis. You want to play? I'm not playing. I'm this serious. Was serious. I'm serious, bro. He can he can be that. He can be whatever he wants, man. He can be whatever he wants to these kids in Memphis. You know, all he's got to do is stay on that straight and narrow. Just hoop, do the right thing, win some titles. That's all. Seems pretty simple. So. Anyway, it's up at ESPN.com. McMahon and them trying to smear campaign. Smear campaign. Smear campaign. Propaganda. North Korea propaganda. Businessman stuff made you wonder who that is. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, I mean, we could probably, we could probably, you know, nah, we don't need to do that. But it did. It's just like, well, who's this saying? He's been to 
dad and son have frequented it, the mm-hmm. businesses, and then you kind of snitch. That's right. That's oh, right. Right? Oh, yeah. You kind of snitching kinda, in there. Kinda, 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 the thing about the my man's wife, we didn't know that one. Yeah. Kind of singing a little bit here. There ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I get Hopefully, it. Hopefully, John, them take it in stride and again, focus on self. Exactly. As, but like you said, and, and, and keeping God number one is Prime would say, right? That's what Prime would say. Your dominion. You are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what Prime would say. So, there you have it. Uh, Marjorie Dada will join us on the other side, talk to him about this story and more. Jason and John, I turn to family. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. ESPN. He is Mike Giannato. He is the sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal, host of Giannato and Jeffrey. Joins every Wednesday. He joins us now. Hey, we have a jaw story, Mark. What'd you learn? Uh, learn? Um, I don't know. There wasn't really anything too revelatory in there. Um, you know, it seemed like we got some more details about some of the stuff we've already kind of had a, you know, we kind of knew about. Um, but, you know, I, I've been a little um, miffed at, like, the reaction of, like, why are they writing about this? Like, you know, this is whatever, picking on Ja. Like, I've seen some of that. Uh, and maybe it's – I think, I think like, using, like, X and Twitter even more so than ever before to gauge reaction is, like, very uh, risky. Um, get, like, that for you option on there is just, like, takes you down a rabbit hole. But, like, why are they writing this? It's because it's a week before the season starts. And like, you know, John, and like, why are they writing about this and not like, you know, doing in-depth pieces about uh, Kevin Porter Jr. getting in trouble and Miles Bridges? It's like, because John's a superstar and they're not. That's why they're writing it. Um, I've just been kind of miffed by that. Like, again, it wasn't like, again, the, the good news, I think, ultimately, is that there's not, it wasn't like there was some new incident that they uncovered mm-hmm. that could, you know, could, you know, nothing new was was uncovered or revealed or anything like that in this story. And, um, you know, and it paints a picture, I think, broadly speaking, I think we all kind of, you know, I say we all, I think everyone who's a Grizzlies fan or Grizzlies observer or media member kind of already knew, you know, this picture of a, of a guy, you know, who couldn't handle superstardom, who had a lot thrown at him all, you know, in a, in a really, fast amount of time, quick amount of time and couldn't handle it. Um, and we just got some more details into how that all played out behind the scenes over the last, whatever year, year and a half or so. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a fine story. Um, there were some things, I think I heard you Jason earlier. I think I heard Jeff and I agree, like, you know, as someone who 
you know, I'm a you know, columnist, I'm an editor at the commercial appeal. Like, I don't know if I would have granted business owners anonymity to just kind of throw arrows at jobs. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to say it, like put your name to it Agreed. type of thing um, or demand, you know, or don't include it in the story. I think that was the only thing I kind of had took issue with in it. But, um, you know, I, I think the big thing to me to remind people, and I've been, I said this yesterday on our show, like this thought that because like he's suspended, he's going to go through the suspension and then like, it's all going to be in the past. Like, this is going to be brought up constantly throughout the season, whether, whether they come out of this successfully or not. And I say they, I mean the Grizzlies and John ja Morant. This is now part of the narrative, part of the story of Ja and this team. Um, because, like it's going to define this suspension is going to define the entire season. You know, before dirt, you know, before he comes back, the moment, you know, those those initial games when he does come back, and then, you know, hopefully if this team's really good, like we think it's going to be, like when they get to the playoffs, and if they're, you know, let's say they break through, like Josh Suspension's going to be part of that story too. Like it's just, this is going, like you're not just going to, this, this is not just going to go away this season. Like this is going to frame the entire season. So to like be upset that like it's, you know, ESPN is, writing some big story about it. I think like, I think it's being naive to be quite honest. Um, like this is going to be a, we are going to be constantly reminded of what the circumstances are surrounding this season, because like, I, I, and I don't think it's unfair, frankly, I think like this does like how the Grizzlies emerge from this suspension and, you know, and how Ja emerges from this suspension I mean, frankly, like, very well could define, like, this version of the Grizzlies for years to come. Um, and so um, that's how I kind of took the story is just a reminder that, hey, like, on the one hand, like, you can be upset that they're writing this, but I also think it's a reminder that Ja is still a superstar in the NBA. Like, a not, you know, like, if, if <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example, like, if, Zaire Williams had done this, and I don't mean to throw him under the bus. Like they're not writing a big ESPN expose about his 18 months, you know, inside 18 months that put his career on the brink. Like they're not doing that. Um, you know, they only do this for superstars. Um, and so it is in some, in a weird way, another acknowledgement of what the Grizzlies have here and what Memphis has here. Um, and then, you know, you guys have pointed out, I think everyone noticed it, you know, I think the one thing that kind of stood out, it wasn't, it's not news or doesn't advance the story, but was interesting that it wasn't citing league sources. It was citing team sources. Um, and you know, that can, that can be a slippery slope sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one thing to keep an eye on, if you will. Now my gut tells me, my gut tells me it's not, the team sources are not people that will ultimately my, I don't think this is the high up people in the organization. Let's put no, it that way. Uh, there's no I, I way. It, I don't. I don't think it's like. There's no I don't way. Think it's the people that directly deal with John Moran. Oh, I said. I said. It, I mean, it could be an equipment manager. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really require. Well, I give. I'll give. I know. Like I'll give Baxter Holmes and Tim McMahon, like who I know and are both credible, good journalists. Like I, I don't think you're going with it if it's just an equipment manager. Mm-hmm. Um, to be quite honest. But I also don't think it's Zach Kleiman or Taylor Jenkins. Well, you know, and a, and especially a quote, this one from the team source as strong as the one where they point the finger at T. I'm with you. I I, I, I would. I, you said all what you said about how the fans are taking this, or as you know, whether they're you know a little bit miffed on that. And I'm not. I'm not concerned about them. But T. T himself, yeah. who we saw, who we saw tell those kids in New Orleans, "Hey man, my son's got you know." Kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but my son's got to grow up. You got to watch who you're around. You're a man. You got to make better decisions. Sort of lay that out about Ja needing to do better. This one pretty clearly, with a team source, points the finger is hit at him as one of the problems, mm-hmm. calling him a major driving force. So my question for you, Mark, is: Do you think, you know, we're, we're talking about does Ja feel aggrieved? We've done that a bunch. What about mm-hmm. T here? Because T feels yeah. like such an important voice. Right in Jaws' yeah. ear going forward, and always has been a voice in his ear. You want him to be a good one. Uh, do you any concern about him feeling aggrieved 
you know, by this and and maybe not being that that voice for job because of it. I, that that's more I'm concerned I, about who's upset. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say this: if this is a one-off, I think it'll be fine. Uh huh. That, that that makes I sense. I think I think if I think ultimately there's enough. Frankly, there's enough time on the contract. Like it's you know like stuff like that. Like if this is just like if it's just this. Yeah. I don't think that's something that would. I don't think you have to worry about that. What you have to worry about is if, like, now you've now there's been now there's one story that kind of cites team sources. Will there be more? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. You don't yep. want that. Yep. Um, if you're, you know, if it's just a one-off, I think everyone will move. You know, like, you know, like right now, I'm sure Zach Kleiman or whoever are texting or calling. John Morant's people and being like, this is BS. Like, you know, we're so, you know, like whatever, you know, like whatever they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing damage control, if you will. And like, we had nothing to do with this. We don't know who the team source is. We're going to try and figure out who it is, but it wasn't anyone who matters. And, you know, like they're trying, they're probably downplaying mm-hmm. it. And, and if it's just a one-off, I think, you know, you know, fool me one, you know, fool me one, shame on me. I think you know, you're right. Saying. Yeah. I think you know, you're right there. I think, yeah. I think that's what's the key to it. And, Frankly, probably the key to it all is like ultimately, if Ja comes back from the suspension and is the great player he was prior to all these issues and is avoiding off court issues, like it'll be fine. I think ultimately, long term, like it, it, to me, it's all dependent. It still comes all comes back to Ja oh, ultimately yes. because you can be aggrieved. And that's fine, you know, if you're upset that, like, some of this stuff from behind the scenes is getting aired out publicly. But at the same time, like, the actions of everyone involved here open the door for this. 100%. So, uh, you know, 100%. so it's a, it's a tricky situation. And, it, you know, I, like I said, I think you should – I think I know – you know, I noticed it. And I think any – frankly, anyone who's, like, kind of in tune with these sorts of things – noticed it right away. Like I texted Jeffrey and was like, Hmm, this is interesting. Team sources, not league sources, you know? And like, you notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be a trick, you know, it's probably a tricky situation. They're going to have to navigate in the short term. But I think in terms of long-term issues, again, if this is just the, if this is the only time something like this happens, I think it'll be, Okay. Well, I mean, you know, in fairness, you know, uh, the Grizzlies are navigating tricky situations because of John Morant. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. at the end of the day, we don't need to lose fo- the the focus on why we're he, in this he situation. He opened the door for all of this. Yeah, 100%. So he can get, he can get like, mad at the Grizzlies if you want, you know, for or whoever. You can be mad at the media. Yeah. You can be mad at the Grizzlies. You can be it, mad at whoever. Uh, it's just like, exactly. you know what? Like, he opened the door for this. Yeah, like, I mean, I, at the end of the day, like, I, I think that's where – I think that – that's a form. I mean, of, he has to understand that. Well, sure, and but do, I, does a man at twenty-four years old do, understand? That? Well, I hope so because it's time. It's time to grow up. So it, it's time to stop enabling and saying, "Oh, let's <laughs> let's not make John Morant mad." I mean, you know, John yeah. Morant needs to stop putting his. He needs to be a professional. And he needs to stop putting his organization and his employers in bad spots. And, and look, I'll say this: like I thought, I remember the. I remember draft. I remember draft night. Like I, I think publicly, Zach Kleiman has been. Pretty, you know, as you know, I, I don't know, blunt is the right word, but like, wasn't like he was like, you know, coddling Ja in his most recent comment, you know, like, ap- you know, right after the second hand, the second Instagram incident, like he was pretty harsh in his public comments towards Ja, I thought. Um, so it's not like, you know, they haven't said anything and harsh. I mean, I think appropriately harsh. Like he said, the punishment is appropriate. He said, you know, like, he basically said, like, it's on jaw. Like, it was, he was, I, so I don't think necessary. like, I don't, I don't think, like, people are coddling him in the organization. And to give jaw credit, like, I was just at practice yesterday and was actually, you know, it was interesting. Like, at the end of practice, jaw and Taylor Jenkins went to, like, a coach's room to the side of the practice court and met for five or ten minutes. And so I asked Taylor afterwards, I was like, hey, like, what, you know, how's this dynamic going where, like, you're preparing for the season, but your best player is going to miss the first 25 games of the season. Has all these, you know, has had these issues. How are you keeping him engaged, but also preparing for the season? And he spoke glowingly about how Ja has done with the situation here in training camp. Said he's been very engaged. Um, you know, 
and and been a good. And Marcus Smart said the same thing. Like he's been a, you know, it sounds like he has been a, uh, at least in the facility. Um, they've been very pleased with how he has acted and how he has handled and dealt with um, this unfortunate uh, way he is starting his fifth season where he is not going to be allowed to play the first 25 games. So, um, you know, we'll see. It, all of this depends on how it plays out from here, really. Like, this this story will be like a blip if he comes back and is awesome this season. You know, like no one will remember it by the end of the year. Um, but they are going to talk about it. Like this is, whether Ja likes it or not, this is part of his story now forever. Like forever. Like 20 years from now when he retires or 15 years from now when he retires, this is going to be part of the story you write when he retires. Whether he, you know, and presumably it's 15, 20 years from now, he's a Hall of Famer, all you know, future Hall of Famer, all that stuff, and you write, he had these issues at the beginning of his career and overcame them, you know, but it's part of the story, whether it's, you know, a redemptive one or, you know, one that, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting this, but like, you know, it's like a tragic one where of a guy who didn't fulfill his potential. Um, like this is part of the story now and you're not going to be able to avoid it. How are you feeling about Zaire Williams as the fifth starter? Uh, I think Taylor Jenkins gave us our tell yesterday at practice when he was asked about it, um, and he didn't commit to Zaire, but then listed the two, uh, like listed the options for the fifth starter as being Zaire or David Roddy. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't really see how there's an argument for David Roddy over Zaire Williams. I could see one for Luke Kennard over Zaire Williams, but he didn't mention Luke Kennard. So that's tea leaves, baby. You're reading them. Yeah, I I suspect Zaire will start in Friday's exhibition game, which Taylor Jenkins said is kind of going to be like a as close to what it's going to look like in the you know the beginning of the regular season as possible. Um, and I expect he'll be in the starting lineup next went a week from today when they play, and, and, uh, that, and that and look, let's be clear, that's what they wanted all along. It's not like they wanted somebody else to start. It's time for Zaire to go out and take it. They just needed him to do that and. Uh, I mean, when you spend a top ten draft pick on a guy and he's not starting by year three, you got a problem. So well, and I think I think it's just it's the best move in the sense that like if like having a productive Zaire, like you you know what you have in Luke Kennard. Like Luke Kennard, he's gonna be coming off the bench anyway. A hundred percent. Once Ja comes back, like the 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 ceiling for this team rises if Zaire is like a you know, part of like a, a productive member of the top seven or eight of this rotation, I think, because of his, you know, he's six, a 6'10 guard, essentially. Like that, that's a unique skill set he can potentially bring off the bench. Um, like if he's actually a productive NBA player, that is better for the Grizzlies. And so you can always, like you can always go back. Like if, if Zaire comes out and is awful for the first five games or so, you can always go back to Luke Kennard. You can go put Luke Kennard in the starting lineup, and it'll be fine. Um, so might as well try it out, you know? Yep, exactly right. Um, let's, that's, just, that's simple. I mean, that's easy, right? That's an easy solution, yeah. easy fix. Let's mm-hmm. go to something that's a little bit more complicated, okay. Memphis Tigers football. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I don't think it's as easy as saying, well, you know, if Ryan Sorfield's not working, you just plug in Luke Kennard there. I mean, you're going to have to have a <laughs> yeah. real solution here. So – like, the, just the discussion, honestly, feels kind of tough to have because on, on the surface, 8-4 and four feels incredibly likely. Uh, if they're not 8-4, and four, you know, something went wrong. But then it's like you're going to come out of that feeling not good. You're going to come away from an 8-4 and four season feeling like no progress was made, that maybe the mm-hmm. most was not gotten out of this season. So what do you do well, if and, you're Memphis? And you're going to be confronted with, like, Ryan Silverfield's going to have, I think, two years left on his deal right. after this year. Right. Um, like, what are you going to do that, about that? Are right. you really going to go into an off season with him having two years on his deal? Like, is that possible? Maybe in this era, you know, in the pre ten years ago, coaches would tell you, "I can't recruit if I only have two years left on my contract." 
Whereas well, now he, with the tri- he has no leverage, right, Mark? I mean, yeah, what's his leverage? Where are you going to well, go, dude? The thing, if you're not going to give him the extension, you should probably just get rid of him. Well, right? no, you know I, mean, I mean, like, yeah, but how do you do? You Memphis football but, can't do that. They can't fire a coach yeah. after an eight and four season. They'll, they'll never get another one. Um, maybe, yeah. I, I I don't know the answer. You're right. Eight and four. We said it before the season. Y'all said it before the season too. Like, it's the nightmare scenario in the sense that like. There's no real clarity. It's like feels exactly where you were at the end of last season, where kind of have the feeling this isn't the guy, but also like, you know, like this isn't like rock bottom. He's certainly compared to the, you know, eight and four compared to the history of the program that, that, is a good season. But we can't but, do that. We can't do that every time. Know. You know, no, like, no, no, no. Well, the problem is, is like the schedule. I mean, it's it's off. It's a joke. The schedule's it's awful. A, it's a joke. And now here's the other variable, and I've talked about this with you guys too. The home schedule next year might be the worst home schedule in Memphis football history, or certainly certainly in recent times. It is an awful home schedule. I'm not sure any coach, except maybe if you hired Dion or brought Mike Norvell back, with both unrealistic options, is going to draw with that with that is going to draw with 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 that home schedule. Like it's an awful home schedule. The non-conference games are Middle Tennessee State, Troy, and whoever they're playing FCS. And then like the best home game is probably UAB. <laughs> like in conference play. Uh, it's not Is that good? Look at it. It's awful. Yeah. It's, this like, was I don't know if anyone's going to be able to like this year. You're so right cuz that's a you go no no apathy sets in even more at eight and four and then you got no no schedule next year for folks to even be excited about. It's too painful. It's, it's painful. painful as hell. Yeah. Now now the re, like now you could think of it as like well if someone has to you know has to coach through that you might as well just have it be Silverfield again and see what he does. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but then what is, he's gonna go I mean, nine and three and then what do you do? I mean. I know. I know. It's tough. Can, it's tough. Like, I'm not, not, like and, not, honestly, like nobody's rooting against him, but at the same time, it just it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it feels like anyone could win eight games with the schedule that Memphis plays. Well, and that's and that's why I mean, like, listen, it's going to take if they are eight and four, and I and I don't, and I'm not going to rule out them. The league is bad enough this year. We're like. They can, I could see them going on winning these next four and setting up a big game against SMU a month from now. That seems entirely possible. I, I don't know if I would predict it, but I, I think if you are predicting it, I don't think you're crazy. Um, they've shown enough where they're like they're good enough. I don't think they're great, but they're good enough at times um, where you, especially against some bad teams, you know, the next four games they're going to be favoring all of them, um, and so. Um, I could see it now, you know, the, the track record suggests that's not, it's not going to play out like that, but we'll see, maybe, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but um, I think the people involved here, whether it's the administration, whether it's the boosters that actually, you know, that, that help pay the bills on the football side, there's going to be a tough decision to make at the end of the year. That's what's very That's what's becoming clear. And you are going to have to determine um, sort of what Memphis football is right now. Um, because I personally think if you go eight and four and you decide, you know, you, do, you don't make any changes, you are, you know, you're saying like, you know, I mean, Laird Beach said in that letter last year, you know, you're supposed to compete for championships. Like that's what he, that's, that was the goal of the program. That was the standard. Um, and I don't know if eight and four is going to be competing for a championship. And so, um, if that's the standard, um, you know, I, per, you know, they're going to have to make a tough decision. This is why they're paid what they're paid. And I don't personally think it's that tough of a decision, but you know, if that's the case, I mean, like I've been very clear, like I probably would have gotten rid of Ryan after last year. I don't think, I think he's, you know, I don't think he's the, the guy, if you will. Um, but I don't think it's like cut and dry, like, you, you know, I'm right and the people who are saying be patient are wrong. Um, you know, I think it, it's going to involve, like someone's going to have to make a gutsy call here, whether it's someone put, putting up the money to make this happen if they want to get rid of them, or, you know, Laird Veach, you know, it'd be a very, you know, it'd be his, 
biggest decision as AD. Um, whether, you know, if it is his decision at all. Um, so, um, it's definitely it's, not, it's, but yes, I get yeah. your, I get your point. You know, like ultimately for this to happen, it involves an AD facilitating the people slash money that need to get, be involved to make it happen if you're going to do it. So like, he's going to have to be involved, whether it's not going to ultimately be his call, just like, frankly, it doesn't appear you, you know, it was his call in the end to hire Ryan, um, you know, it, it, and, and to be fair to him, like most places, it's not necessarily the AD's call who's hired as the football coach. There are lots of places where the boosters dictate what happens. Um, and so, um, you know, I don't know, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can string together some wins. It just, Friday night felt so deflating because it was like, here was your chance. If you were going to, if you were going to salvage this thing in terms of, and again, salvage sounds harsh because they're four and two, but if you're going to salvage this thing from a momentum standpoint, from a getting people invested standpoint, that was your chance and you blew it. Two words, Mark, Justin Fuente, back to business. Doesn't have to be a whole lot. Doesn't have to be a whole lot different than the tubby and the penny situation. It really does not. It can be similar, and with that bad schedule, you're right, Fuente doesn't just have you just running out of your seats. But there's enough there with what he did. There's enough with that bad schedule. You could say, we're getting back to business. You could sell it. Well, and, like, this concept that it takes time to build, like Dion's thrown that out the window. Heck, look at Barry Odom at UNLV. They were, like, the worst team in the country last year. They're 5-1 and one now. Like, it doesn't, yeah. you know, in the transfer portal era – with the right guy, and that would be what would concern me about Justin Fuente. That's fair. Justin, That's fair. Justin Fuente was great at developing players, uh, and he was, and he was, you know, I think pretty good on game day at Memphis. But now he's um, failed, Mark, is what I would throw in there, right? Now he's got a yes. he has failed. But like you got to so. hustle in a way in this era. You got to hustle in a way as a recruiter, both in the portal and from a, you know, like I'd worry a little bit about that part of it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, you know, that would be my only. That would be one of my concerns. And but I think it'd be a decent hire. Like I think I'd, you know, like I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't pan that hire. I think it'd be. Oh, dude! Uh, he, I, I, I said, told somebody he had Paxton Lynch look like a first round draft pick. I mean, that yeah, guy develops like I, guys. He was developing guys. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, and you know, like Virginia Tech went sour, but like his as someone who. Covered Virginia Tech extensively. Is that the recruiting the end of the Beamer era? Yeah. Well, it was. It was. Yeah, he alienated uh-huh. all of the Virginia high school coaches. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. were not. Yeah. They, 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 he did not do. He did a terrible job. You know, kind of building relationships in the state of Virginia, and that's how Frank Beamer. I mean, Frank Beamer turned that into a juggernaut by recruiting. You know, Virginia Beach and Tidewater kids, like on the eastern side of the state. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.